On July 30th, 2004, my world got turned upside down. But I'll get to that in a little bit. Let's go back in time even a little bit further. When I was growing up, I was very shy, super shy. You would never know it anymore. People can't get me to shut up now. But at that time, I was. And I felt disconnected from people. I was the kid that walked with my head down. I rarely spoke in class. I was terrified in groups of people. If I didn't know where something was in a store, I would have rather eaten razor blades than ask an employee for help. I mean, I did have a couple of friends, but even, they, I wouldn't, even then I wouldn't say I felt close to them. Uh, feedback from teachers was always, you know, I could be more confident and talk more in class. You know, at this point in my life, if someone told me I'd be okay talking in front of a group of people, I would have said, hell no, you're on drugs. <laughs> it would be fair to say I didn't really start coming out of my shell until I got to college. I was shifting into a more adult role in my life. There were more group projects and class presentations. Uh, there was a community service requirement at my university, and my job was to cold call everybody in a brochure and update their information. For me, this was terrifying, but I did it. I was basically slowly learning how to lower my anxiety. I had friends and a boyfriend, but I still somehow felt lonely. Then came grad school and my first real job, a lot more interaction with people, professional presentations. I usually have a PowerPoint going, but I wasn't going to do that to you all. <laughs> I grew more and more confident in my abilities, yet something still wasn't clicking for me as far as feeling connected to other people. Um, at this point, if someone had told me I'd be okay in talking in front of a group of people, I would have said, huh, imagine that. Might be nice, but you're nuts. And then it happened, July 24th, uh, July 30th, sorry, 2004, my brush with death. <laughs> I was driving on the interstate to visit my brother, who at the time lived in Indiana. It was early evening and raining. I had one of those new Volkswagen Beetles. Oh, I love that car. It was my dream car. It was so cute. It had like the little vase with the flowers. And then the plastic flowers I put in there would always wilt because it was in front of the heater. But anyway. <laughs> and there was this community of new bug owners that if you drove by each other, they'd all wave. And it was kind of fun to drive around and watch people punch each other when they saw me driving by. <laughs> so at that time, I had two payments left on my car. I had two payments left when I hydroplaned while going 70 miles an hour on the interstate. Out of nowhere, my car took a hard left. I really didn't even know what direction I was going anymore. I turned the wheel, I slammed on the brakes. At some level, I knew I was heading into oncoming traffic on the other side of the interstate. Uh, I thought about, you know, how a lot of people's last words are probably cuss words. <laughs> I knew I was going to hit somebody, and I did crash head-on with a minivan. Fortunately, the people in that car, there was a broken breast, uh, somebody had some neck pain, their car was totaled, but that was it for them. As for me, not so much. I don't remember the exact moment of impact, but I remember everything right after. I looked around and thought, hmm, so that's what the airbags look like after they've gone off. 
wild. There was like this powder coming up from the airbags, I learned later. Then somebody was at my door and it was cracked open a bit. They thought the powder was smoke and they were asking me if I could get out of my car. And I thought about it and said, no, my leg's broken. And then I looked down and my right ankle was at a 90 degree. And I thought, well, that doesn't look right. <laughs> my right hand was swelling. I didn't really feel pain yet. Someone said they were calling 911. There was some lady who asked if there was anyone she could call for me. And I said, okay, you can call my brother. And I gave her the number, which incidentally I had only memorized that day. <laughs> and I found out later she stayed on the phone with my brother until the first responders made her leave the scene. Yeah. So at this time, my lower back was starting to hurt. I kept trying to prop myself up on my elbows to ease that sensation. Later reports showed the first responders got there in minutes. It felt like forever to me. Uh, then one of them poked his head in the door, and I tried to tell him my insurance card was in my purse over there. And he's like, don't worry about that right now. <laughs> they asked where it hurt. I'm like, my leg, my lower back, my arm. Then they covered me with a blanket and used the jaws of life to cut the door off. And then the guy said they were going to take me out of the car, and it was going to hurt. Of course, I got scared. One wrong move, I could be paralyzed. I didn't know what was all going on in my body, but I had to really trust that they knew what they were doing, and I was really only getting a glimpse of how much my life was going to be in the hands of other people at that time. So what I said was, okay, but I might swear. He joked back, just don't hit me. <laughs> I said, it's a deal. So next thing I know, I'm in a stretcher on the way to the ambulance. Somebody had something over my head, umbrella, I'm not really sure, uh, to keep me from getting rained on. I was in the ambulance. They were cutting off my clothes. I had my absolute favorite pair of green suede boots on and cut one of those off. I've never found one like it again. They straightened out my leg. Blankets were on me. I didn't, wasn't really moving. And I said to the first responder that was in the ambulance with me, well, this sucks for a Friday night. <laughs> and he laughed. <laughs> so I went to an ER for scans. They rolled me on my side to check my spine. I felt my pelvis just buckle. So I got pain meds, and then that was, that was okay. And I was pretty much in and out for a while. And one of the first responders eventually came into my room with my purse and put it on a table. He was like, we didn't expect to find anyone alive in that car based on the damage that we saw. And then he's like, you're tougher than I thought you would be. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, that was in a hospital with a level one trauma center. So I was transported to a hospital in Indianapolis in the wee hours of the morning for more exams and surgery. I had 10 broken bones. My right foot and ankle, one of the bones in my lower leg, my femur was broken apart, pelvis in four places, and my sacrum where the spine and the pelvis meet, and then this bone right here in my right hand. They put two screws in my ankle, two giant screws in my pelvis, and a metal rod that runs the length of my femur. If you see an x-ray, it looks like a surgeon went to Lowe's for the hardware. <laughs> really, it's pretty miraculous that they could fix me up the way that they did. 
Later that same day as the surgery, a physical therapist came to get me out of bed. I looked at him like he had a head injury because I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> so I sat up, but I got dizzy and they wound up giving me some blood. The next week was a bit of a haze. I was doing well, but literally I couldn't do anything for myself. I couldn't sit up on my own, I couldn't use the bathroom or bathe myself, the list goes on. So I was totally reliant on staff. And then I was scared of blood clots. I was beginning to realize, you know what, I may not be going back to my apartment in a week. And then a friend of mine said, well, you almost died in that accident. And I was like, I literally hadn't thought about it. And then, oh my God, she's right. And then there were a couple days that I was just like crying. They sent a social worker to see me. She offered me some medication. I was like, you know what, I think this is normal, at least right now. So I was just like, you know what, I need to pull myself together. I realized I was going to have to just dig deep and find the drive to do what I needed to do. Um, of course, that meant a lot of physical therapy, but I wanted to walk normally again. I basically had to learn how to walk again. And I found the confidence to have a positive attitude. I just knew things were going to work out. I asked for help when I needed it. My family, coworkers, friends came through in a big way for me, in ways that just can never be repaid. My coworkers covered for me. My room was filled with cards and plants, so many of them. My phone rang constantly with people checking on me, so much so that they moved me out of the room I had with a roommate and put me in a private room at no extra cost. Oops. <laughs> My brother and sister-in-law visited me every day in Indianapolis, even though they lived in Bloomington, about 30, 40 minutes away. Um, and then I was transferred to a hospital near them, where I was in a rehabilitation unit for another three weeks. After that, I lived with my brother and sister-in-law for two more months. A few people traveled out to Indiana to see me. Coworkers and friends fed my cats every day until I returned home, which that was three months. A friend drove out to get me and bring me home because I no longer had a car. <laughs> I stayed with my bosses, who are married to each other, uh, for a couple of weeks until I could manage the stairs in my apartment. I had never felt so loved or connected, and then part of me felt silly. I'm like, these people were here all along. I just had to look around and recognize it. My physical therapy lasted for about six months. I don't have many lingering effects. My right leg is weaker than the left one and never really has felt the same. Um, if there was a bear running after me and a friend, my friend's the one that's getting away. So if you ever want to invite me on camping trips, <laughs> but that's okay. I'm here, I'm alive, I'm confident, I know I can do hard things, I know I have a solid support system, my coworkers and friends, their family. So now, if you were to ask me if I'd be okay talking in front of a group of people, I would say, damn right, bring on the next challenge.